And I remember saying to myself, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to get an education. Because I didn't see people that look like hmm. I can count on one hand all the way up until I finished college, how many black males I saw in education. I can count hmm. one uh, one finger the other the educator I met that had visible tattoos like me. Like I tell people that like now hmm. I'm like, you know, mid-30s. So now when I say to folks like, oh, we met, it's like, no, no, y'all, I'm not that old. I remember yeah. coming through and just being an anomaly within an anomaly. And really kind of thinking like, yeah. hey, you know, like, I'm always just the only one, it seems, right? Welcome to Educator Happy Hour, a space for all educators to think, drink, and nerd out together over issues that affect our lives. Whether it's exploring the latest educational research or sharing our embarrassing classroom stories, we're here to have candid conversations in order to connect together and grow together. So grab a seat, grab your beverage of choice, and bring your authentic self. Yeah, you've got the drop leaf ceiling behind you. That's how you know you're at work still. Because I'm a loser. What are you doing at work still? It's 7 p.m. over there in in the suburbs of Chicago. I, well, as you know, I was gone for quite a few days, but then we had <laughs> a uh, a committee meeting that ran till 6.15 and then I had some emails to go through. So I was like, I'll just stay here and do it. Ooh, exciting. Committee so meetings. Committee meetings. How, how many uh, meetings, like committee meetings, do you have to lead versus you're like a, a participant? Maybe half and half. Oh, man. That's I know. Real. How many about, do you do, Chase, now? <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. this boy, He's shown a big many. old goose egg, yeah. ladies and gents. Okay, we, we have department <laughs> meetings for uh, college where I teach, uh, but they're so laid back. Like they really are. They're like literally like Zoom meetings and like everyone just like kicks it. Like it's it's a different vibe. Do you like, would you rather be the leader of the meeting or the participant? I would rather just not have one. <laughs> <laughs> Even in these questions, you are choosing your own direction and own angle. Yeah. Um, yep. well, how is college life, Chase? It, it's different from K-12 experience. Um, mostly, I would say, like, in, in pretty positive ways. It's it's like there's still so many of the core issues that you deal with, or at least I dealt with as a high school teacher, mm -hmm. that are present here. Like, apathy is strong. Um, like, the resistance to engagement and, like, actually, like, posing questions and speaking up is a huge issue. Chat GPT and AI is a huge issue. But there is this piece of, like, more autonomy and more freedom, at least with the courses I teach. And, like, that, for me, you know, is gold, for sure. How how high would you rank their uh, school etiquette? <laughs> I would say like hoodies relatively low. Yeah, I have a couple <laughs> students who, like, they will just sit there and they'll be listening to their AirPods and they're like, they're not even hiding it. They're like headbanging, jamming in the middle of like a very serious conversation. Um, but they're like nice and they, they at least pretend to care. But it's wild how many students show up. They will show up to class mm -hmm. every week. Mm -hmm. Like, take the time to be there mm -hmm. and not do a damn thing. Like, they, have, they will not turn in any assignments. I'm like, you're doing the hard part with, like, little payoff. Like, you don't even get any payoff around it. Um, it's it's wild. It's like, 
like I said, in some ways very similar to K-12, what a lot of teachers are experiencing, but also um, there's there's some unique challenges, but it's fun to like have a new unique challenge that I haven't often faced in education. It kind of reminds me of church. Like people go to the church once a mm. week <laughs> and show up, but then like then the they, rest of the week, they're like... Sinning. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not that, a churchgoer, so I don't know if I if I offended any churchgoers. I apologize; that was not my intention. I would have to imagine most churchgoers at least could be like, "Yeah, been there." Early hey, before that. next time, the student that's jamming yeah. out, can you ask them like, "What are you jamming out to?" That is so amazing that you don't even want to try to hide your jamming out. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that'll probably be like my learning. That'll be my professional development is learning uh, what, what the youths are into. Um, because yeah, most most of the kids who are like on ah, their AirPods, like they are younger. I have definitely students who are older than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are some, the, the younger ones are a little bit more open to the idea of kind of doing whatever they want. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this is actually a, a pretty good segue into our guest because we're going to be diving into like quite a few different topics. But um, in particular, we're going to be looking at ideas around like the assumptions we bring into education, um, looking at how to help students develop more of that like understanding of, of how school functions, etc. Um, we are going to be interviewing a doctor. Matthew Woods. I had that honor and pleasure of like interacting with him at a couple conferences and then being on his podcast as well. So a little background on Dr. Woods. Dr. Matthew Woods has served for more than 12 years assisting students, educators, and schools in a variety of roles. His professional experience includes being a high school social studies teacher, a middle and high school assistant principal, middle school principal, director of student support services, an adjunct professor, so he knows what it's like out there, and a field instructor for student teachers. Additionally, Dr. Woods hosts an education podcast, Leading Out the Woods, and is an accomplished keynote speaker and educational consultant. So it is time to bring in the doctor. Woo woo. Dr. Woods, how are you doing? What's going on, brother? How you doing? Hey, so are you at work right now? Oh my gosh, he another is. loser. Yeah. <laughs> I was just giving mean crap because she <laughs> has the drop leaf ceilings behind her. She is at work right now. Uh, Listen, man. Still I, still um, there. We had a we had a school board meeting tonight. Wait, and so. he has a tie on. <laughs> and he has a tie on. We were just talking about it's, it's, it's all for too. y'all. Like, that's it is thing. all for y'all. Look, <laughs> that's how moving. much she loves educate our happy hour. We've been moving stuff around my office, so I was trying to like make it look somewhat like it ain't clean all the time but enough where i can be like oh my god if this if they're showing this video people gonna look and like this guy (laughs) wait can i ask how did you end the school board meeting were you like hey i got this really important interview so we gotta cut time like no close session tonight okay so so, all right so all right so it's funny you said that so We uh, we're not being recorded yet, are we? Oh, we're live, but I can edit out anything. Okay, yes, please, yes, please. All right, please. Noted. Let's let's chop this part. (laughs) So, um, oh God, I just realized my tongue is blue. See, I was trying to eat a cake because we have a school board member who's retired, so I'm back there like eating some cake because I eat. He has a tie and a blue tongue. Perfect. This is so bad. Yeah, yeah, this is the vibe. This is the vibe. What I'm talking, I'm trying to like. Not have my tongue out, so people would be like, "Is this tongue blue?" But anyway, so no, like, then they're, they're gonna be like, "What's wrong with his speech?" He. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Wait, what time does your board uh, meeting yeah. start? It started at 5.30. And That's pretty good. You're done now? No. They were still going in closed <laughs> session. And I said, hey, I kind of have something I you know have to do. And I don't have to present anything in closed session night or do anything. And they're like, you're good, mate. That is wonderful. That's well, a great we are team. Glad to, we're glad to have you on here to steal you away from uh, that stuff out there. Um, we're we're going to start to like dive into to some, some real content here. But first, um, your website, Leading Out the Woods, um, first of all, love the wordplay. But now in my mind, I'm imagining for your professional development that you lead that like you literally bring people out in the woods and you make them go survival style. Please tell me that you have done that with some school leaders and some teachers. Just like you know, alone survivors. You know, style. Chase, I'd love to take credit for that. Um, but I actually have a friend of mine who came up with the idea mm. uh, in grad school. I tell people the love story. It. And that's kind of actually mm. what started the podcast that actually then led into oh, okay. me. Yeah, yeah tell you know, us more. Building out. So I had a, a buddy of mine in graduate school. And uh, they... I can. I think folks could tell. Your listeners could tell. I got a little heavy Southern accent, you know, Southwest Virginia. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. <laughs> my buddy was like, "Man, you're just so country, dude." Like, you know, when I was talking, <laughs> <laughs> so I, said, I can't even pretend like this has like a like a oh, I'm a t-. it's like this is real start. So he was just like, "Were you like, thank you?" I didn't know if it was. A <laughs> I didn't know how to take it, um, and I was like, "Okay, thanks, I guess." You know, like I don't know how to take this, and he said. So he would just always joke. So we would, you know, we were in graduate school together. So we'd talk about different concepts and topics and so forth. And he would just say like, you know, Matt, man, you're just so down to earth. And man, you're just always leading us out the woods. And I was like, hey, that's got a nice little ring to it. Right. And like I said, this is, this is, this is years ago. So this is pre, uh, pre kids, pre marriage. Like this is, this is me y'all like back, back in the day. So I was like, ah, man, that's got a nice ring to it. Well, he would always say, hey, man, you need to write like a blog. Or, you know, and I was like, man, I'm so mm. busy. I really don't want to just sit down and write a blog. I'm already writing graduate papers and all this nonsense. Um, so mm. anyway, the, it just always kind of stuck with me. That, like, I had leading out the woods. Yeah. So fast forward, y'all, I want to say almost like eight, nine years later, like into to my career, mm. p- uh, the pandemic happened. Uh-huh. And I was yeah. a building principal at the time. And I really didn't, I think all of us didn't know, like, you know, what's going to kind of come out of this. You know, all of us now are remote. And yeah. What does this look like? Yeah. And and I remember having, I guess, it, it started blurring the line between your work hours and, and your home hours. And, you know, are you really home? You know, so it was like I was always just work mode, work mode. And I remember having conversations with colleagues and we were really trying to, to envision and think about, well, how are we going to reopen schools or? What's it going to look like? Mm. How are we wearing the mask? All this stuff. And we started hopping on Zoom calls. We were like, hey, you know, this is, I never really kind of thought how we could kind of utilize some of this stuff. So then I remember a buddy of mine, once again, we were starting these conversations and he said, you know, Matt, you should really do a podcast. Podcast, Mm. man, I don't really know. I said, well, you know, I got he a lot loved more your southern twang. He yeah, and I said, well, I got a lot more. He's like, I want to hear more of that accent. Yeah. I want to hear let that me, voice more. Let me, let me look into it. And I remember another thing several of my 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 buddies said is, Matt, you've got a Rolodex of of great resources and and great contacts. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, some of these folks out here that you can pick up the phone and call and text them, and they'll respond to you. And these are people that folks mm-hmm. are trying to like pay big money to you know, to get them to their district, you know, all this kind of stuff. 
So the idea kind of stuck with me, y'all. And I'll be honest, one mm. weekend, I think I told my wife, I was like, you know, babe, I think I'm going to do a podcast. Of course, she's mm-hmm. like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like a true supportive spouse like a true that we support. all have. Yeah. Love you, babe. <laughs> you listening. Right. And I just started like, okay, how do I do a podcast? Let me figure out, all right, what is the RSS mm. how, you know, what do I, you know, so I'm starting mm, to learn yeah. all this, you know, this podcast yeah. lingo. And I got it up and running. And I'll be honest, y'all, you know, knock on wood at the time of this recording right now. My very next episode will be episode 100. But what stemmed out of it, going back to the initial question, Chase, was as I did the podcast, it just kept growing and growing. So then people were like, hey, we'd love to bring you in to speak with our school. We'd love to bring you to speak Mm -hmm. with our district. Mm -hmm. We would love for you to do professional development here. And then slowly, I guess you could say, I really started living up to the title, Leaving Out the Woods. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Well, so like now that you're coming on to like your 100th episode and, you know, all of your experience, like if there were a thing that you see or you experience that you're like, man, if if we did more of this or if we did less of this in schools, this would help make a, a positive impact. What might that thing be to you? Like, what are you passionate about out there? If we did more things just in schools to build relationships, like to be very mm. intentional about building relationships with everybody, with all with all facets, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we do that. Don't get me wrong. We do that. Uh, the The school division I work for, we do a great job, in my opinion, of reaching out to community members and, and parents and so forth. But I think we all know there's still certain times where it's like, and, and I use the example all the time. It's like when you meet somebody who you can mm-hmm. kind of tell, like, I really don't think we have much in common. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just don't get that vibe. You know, you don't have a blue tongue. So, like, it's really not going to work out. <laughs> like I told out. you, I was eating cake earlier. So, uh, <laughs> if people see the video, they'll understand. Everybody else will like, what are you talking about? But, um, but, no, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I think in education sometimes we have to kind of remind ourselves that we have to be more intentional about breaking those barriers. Like, right, like, like mm. customer service. Like we have to be the one, even when we approach people, like, I don't think we really have much in common with that family. Or I don't really know how this is going to mm. kind of go. We have to be the ones to be more assertive. And, and I think sometimes we talk about that. But let's be honest. I think sometimes we, we all know we could do a better job. Right. So I think the biggest one yeah. for me is, yeah. is relationships. And a lot of the work that that people see me do and then involved in it pretty much all ties into building relationships. How do we break down those barriers and so mm-hmm. forth? So that was the one. On that note, uh, yeah. Let, let me dive in there. If you could speak from personal example, what was like one of the hardest relationship building endeavors that you ever did personally? Like, it, it, was there a colleague who you're like, I do not like this person, but <laughs> oh, I'm going to work oh. extra hard. I like that you went um, straight to a colleague, Chase. That's what I'm saying. Or a parent <laughs> or a student. Um, and this can either be like, hey, it worked really well to put in this effort or like, no, this, this is a really big challenge and I am still learning from the experience. Like what, what was a relationship that was really hard to build and how did that impact you? All right. Well, I'll tell people this story. When I, like way early in my career, right? Brand new teacher, hmm. wet behind the ears, super naive. I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm going here. I'm going to change lives and change the world. I mean, y'all, I was that person. Like, I'm walking in like- I think we all were, right? We all kind of had yeah. to be, right? Listen, y'all, I'm going to tell yeah. you, if y'all Google me, Google search me, 
So my and I and and I, and I love this man to this day, Garrett Diller. He was the person who hired me, principal hire. Mm-hmm. There was a news clip in the paper where it was a bunch of like newbies, new teachers he had hired. And one of the quotes was I had said to him privately, like, oh, man, I'm so excited. Man, I'm already working on lesson plans and looking at standards and stuff. He said that, y'all, in the paper. And they have the picture of me, like, at some orientation and him with that quote. And I said, why did you do that, man? Now I sound like a nerd. These kids are going to be like, I'm looking it up right now. I'm looking it up right now. So, but Eddie, what's the what's the news agency? What's the news, nah, news agency? Where's my search you, here? You're gonna have to be Sherlock Holmes to find it. Now I said too much, but no. <laughs> so, so I'm telling y'all. So, I'm going in there. I'm, I'm super excited, and I tell people this story. This is a real story. So, back to school night. Nervous. Mm. I'm got my little tie on. I probably had like a baggy. Baggy shirt. This is before, you know, I started giving my shirts tailored. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was fresh out of college, right, Chase? And this parent walks in, nervous, butterflies. I go up and I say, my name is Matthew Woods, teacher of world history too. I'm so excited to meet you and your daughter. Mm. Lady looks at me from head to toe and says, you are not teaching my daughter. Mm. And just walks out. And I remember, like, okay, this is not how I this is going to go. Right? And, and I'll be honest, y'all, it, it, it took me back, but it, it, it took me, to, I had to kind of step back and kind of process what happened. And I remember there was a, uh, another teacher, another colleague of mine, hmm. who saw everything, and I know that look. It was the look like, <laughs> yo, you just got cut from the, the basketball team. <laughs> like, like you know, I tell y'all, and I can laugh Bummer. about that, but, but I'll be honest, y'all, it was the way she looked at me, though. And mm. I know that look because I've unfortunately yeah. experienced it before. And I remember the counselor came to me later and was like, you know, Matt, the parent you met, the kid, da da da. Parent came was like, they don't want you to teach their kid, and I was like, did I do something? Mm. And I could mm. tell by their body language what they were picking up and why that person. Didn't yeah. want me to. And I, and I think the listeners can kind of see where I'm going with this without being too blunt about yeah. it. And I remember I was so, it, it, I'm so glad it happened to me at the very beginning. I tell people this story because mm. I was so young and naive. And I, and I remember saying to myself, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to get an education. Because I didn't see people that looked like mm. me. I can count on one hand all the way up until I finished college. How many black males I saw in education? I can count hmm. one uh, one finger. The other the educator I met that had visible tattoos like me. Like I tell people that like now hmm. I'm like you know mid thirty. So now when I say to folks like oh we I was like no no y'all I'm not that old. I remember yeah. coming through and just being an anomaly within an anomaly, and really kind of thinking like yeah. hey you know like I'm always just the only one it seems right. Mm-hmm. So, but I remember that situation, mm. it kind of empowered me because I said, you know what? I have the opportunity to change the narrative and the perception that for whatever reason, like I like met this lady for the first mm. time. Yeah. And I remember the student though, this is where I'm going with it, y'all. I could tell every time she passed me in the hallway, like it was almost that look like, I'm so sorry. Like it was that look I'm of so like- I'm so sorry for my mom. Yeah. But what was so, so she did it? Yeah. She's got, she got out of your class. You didn't try to fight it. 
No, they, they, they transfer out the class, right? But what was ironic is I oh, had pretty much like all, all her friends, all these young ladies' friends uh-huh. were in my class. And they loved my class. They loved my class. They were like, yeah, we love Mr. Woods' class. He's always doing this. Right? Yeah. Now, y'all, I was that teacher. I would dress up like yeah. characters. I, I didn't believe in just sitting at your desk. Like, for, like I taught like the Renaissance. I had yeah. you know, the poster boards out, the paper on the floor. We were doing trade routes. I had these scenario yeah. games. Like, I'm, I was just an eyeball. I was just doing all kinds of stuff. And I remember <laughs> her coming up to me later and just saying, I really wish I was in your class. Mm. I've heard what my friend said, and I really wish I was in your class. Mm. And that was the closest thing that I got in my mind to really kind of thinking about how you can start breaking down barriers, how as educators, you can mm. form relationships, right? Like, like to me, that was kind of like, that was the closest thing to make a relationship with that student. Because that it probably took mm. a lot for that young lady to say that to me. Because, I mean, let's yeah, be honest. That is correct. She probably, her mom probably said, I don't want you around this guy, you know, for whatever reason, you know. Mm-hmm. So who knows what mom was yeah. saying about me, right? But it probably took a lot of courage for that young lady to say that. But most importantly, it just kind of showed me when we talk about impact, how your impact can then start to speak. Mm. Like your actions speak louder than your words. I could have mm. went out there and been like, you should really be in my class. Mm. I'm going to do all this stuff. Da, da, da. Maybe I could have. Yeah. But just what I was yeah. doing carried weight and other students talked about it. And, and you know, and, and like those are the kinds of things that I know for me, it really started to shape how I viewed education. But most importantly, kind of reinforced that 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 mission and that drive that wanted to lead me into to education. It also shows your humility, mm. Matt, because you're not like, yeah, you should have been in my class. This is what you could have been missing. You're missing out, right? Like, I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I probably had that to- thought in my head. I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, was say, yeah. you were thinking it. You, were you thinking thought it. it, but it didn't come out. You were like, mm, <laughs> yeah. sister, listen. <laughs> yeah. No, what, what's what's kind of fascinating to me within this is um, just the, the role of assumptions. Um, just like on on multiple levels, like the, the assumptions that clearly the the mother placed and our assumptions as early educators coming in of like what it's going to be like versus what it actually is like. And, you know, how much even a student might come into a learning context with certain assumptions and like to what extent do we, we show them a new path in a new way? We yeah. actually show them with our actions so they can overcome some of those assumptions. And I know that's something you, you speak often about is like the role of assumptions and how they affect relationships. So um, give us some nerdery around that like how do assumptions shape an educator's experience and like how can they address or break so, down some of those walls everybody walks in with assumptions you know assumptions stereotypes mm-hmm. biases you know every everybody has right mm-hmm. and i yeah. like to really look at things through through my lens because i tell folks all the time like i am a, just an anomaly like i said earlier i'm an anomaly within anomaly. you know i'm uh like, let's just, you know, I'll just start throwing them all out there. I'm a black male educator. Okay. That's an anomaly. Folks, for the listeners out there, if you look at the the numbers, the percentages mm-hmm. of just educators, educators of colors, and then being a male educator, like anomaly within anomaly, right? Yeah. Um, Like I said earlier, I mean, <laughs> I have tattoos. I can tell when people meet me sometimes, I'm like, mm-hmm. hmm, okay, that's a little, little different, a little different, but okay, <laughs> okay. But then they see me. 
you know, wearing suits and and trying to carry myself. And and I can t- and I can always see when folks, Jason, you know, I mean, when when they meet me, and I could see them kind of sizing me up, like I really don't know what, what I'm gonna get. Then I open my mouth, and like I said, <laughs> I, I'm very country. You know, I'm from Southwest Virginia. I am educated for the <laughs> listeners out there. Your your boy have his doctorate. That's a, you're an anomaly that way too. <laughs> Not trying to break, but exactly. So then you look at me, yeah, and you go, right? okay, well, he's, he's got a doctorate. Okay, okay. And then I know, like recently, like folks hmm. that that know me, I'm a country boy. Y'all, I got an F one fifty. F one fifty. So does my husband. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I, man, I'm gonna tell you. D- d- look, I I just got a brand new custom stereo in there. So <laughs> for any law enforcement officials listening, I do you know honor noise ordinance. So I do turn it down. But when I'm on the highway, those subwoofers be kicking. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that right now. Don't pull up. I do like how you're like I'm an anomaly, but I will honor your noise ordinance. Yes, and and I'm going to tell y'all I'm about to put I'm about to put a lift kit on it and some bigger tires. So then you just like wait a second, wait a second. Like and I'm going to tell y'all. I can't wait to see Chase, you like, see come you. out of that see, in your suit. See, just Chase, like, you already oh, picking up the operator. I'm like, dude, wait, he doing what? This just doesn't. And 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 then Lord knows when folks start saying like. So, Matt, you're into comic books? Oh, of course. They're like, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, 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 man. Now, now you just really blowing our mind. Mm-hmm. But, but I use that as an example because I say to folks, whenever you have to keep pausing and go like, wait, what a second? I said, right there, you had assumptions. You had assumptions mm-hmm. based on one or two things you knew about me. So why why does why does this mm-hmm. sound weird? Because I I, I like this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm telling you. And, catching you off guard and and I'll take it even to something even more critical. When I go into schools, it doesn't matter where I go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the most common things that I hear from kids, especially younger kids, I'm going to go throw this out there, especially when I'm in elementary and middle school kids. Mm-hmm. Are you the president? I'm like president? Where, why would the president But I tell people, and I make sure to say this when other educators are around, you know why those kids are saying that? Because somewhere along the line, they are automatically thinking, if you're a black male in a suit, you must be Obama. Mm. Like, like I tell them, like for a Mm. kid of, and I'm, and I'm talking about black, white, Asian, Hispanic. I've heard it from everyone. When I go around, I can see kids of like. Are you, are you the president? No, I'm not. Mm. And I know the kids don't mean any harm when mm. they say it, but I always make sure if I'm around teachers or principals yeah. to point that out and say, you know what that tells me right there? That that child has not been exposed to other things. That's what that means. I know you're being really deep right now, Matt, but I have a connection because when I walk in to a classroom, they assume I'm the only Asian kid's mom. So I don't get the president. <laughs> I'm like, are you, they're like, are you Felicity's mom? I'm like, no. <laughs> but, 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 I, and I, and, but me, you understand. And Chase, I know you yeah. get where we coming from too. It's, it's one of those things where I tell folks, yeah. And yeah. that's why I love, I love, love. I mean, I love working with all students, but the younger kids, mm-hmm. they just say whatever comes to mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I often tell people, older kids mm-hmm. are probably thinking it, but they're like, I don't know if I should just like spit this yeah. out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but the younger kids, they just, bloop, they just blurb it out. Right. 
it is so authentic, but but it, for me, it it just shows that those level of assumptions, right? Mm-hmm. And it just shows the work that needs needs yeah. to happen. Like, what can we do to break down some of those barriers? What can we do to 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 expose kids to more? Which could be different images of people, the the types of things they read, the types of mm. relationships they build with the others, how we cultivate and nurture those relationships. So, I know for me when we talk about assumptions and those stereotypes, I think sometimes folks automatically think like, "Uh Oh, you're going to say this and we don't want, you don't want to be, you don't want to be culturally inappropriate, you know, and all this. It's like, no, no, no. It doesn't have to always be mm-hmm. like, like yeah. confrontational. It's just like, Hey, these are opportunities that we really need to kind of think about what are we doing with our kids and what are we doing to make sure they have these authentic learning experiences and they have all these access to things to break down some of those assumptions. We'll be back after this. Educator Happy Hour is brought to you by TYS Speakers. Are you looking to inspire your students or staff to not only motivate their thinking, but their actions in school and beyond? Then check out TYS Speakers. TYS Speakers is a group of carefully vetted speakers and professional development leaders whose messages are engaging, evidence-based, and life-changing. Browse the speakers and watch preview videos at tysspeakers.com. This is really at the root of so much relationship building and that being a key component of schools is like, to what extent are we a being authentic in who we are? Um, so people can see like the multifaceted elements of a human being so that like, we're not just a, you know, typecast representation of one thing that's just going to reinforce a potential stereotype. Um, But at the same time, I think it's also the critical idea of like looking at how every element of the school can play its part in addressing some of these assumptions, Um, whether it is like the texts we read or the types of connections we help students make between each other even, or um, the types of outreach that we do with our families so that they can see like, hey, here's what's actually happening in our schools versus like what you are reading on Facebook from like, whatever random news source you're getting it from like that that is like really important work but it's also like really complex in a a lot of different ways i'm i'm wondering matt like you said exposure to books and right all of that kind of stuff and i'm I'm making a connection so i've been trying to raise my kids bilingual um through reading like Chinese books. And when they watch TV, I try to make sure they have it's Chinese, but they're like, that's your language. This is what they tell me. They're like, mm-hmm. can you play it in mm-hmm. our, in our language? Like one, two, three, like that, like not <laughs> that. And mm-hmm. they see it as really binary. But the other day we went to the art museum and there was, we went to like the East Asian art area and there was this huge stone that had all these Chinese characters and they were like hey this this is what you've been trying to teach us like this is what we're talking about and it I don't think for them until that moment they made that connection so I'm trying to think as you're talking about assumptions and like how do we get our kids exposure who might not have access to all of those types of like the real world happenings beyond Mm. Yeah, that's that's shows. That's a great point. It it's when when we talk about access to visuals like images, right? Access to Mm -hmm. different forms of literature, access to Mm. different types of text, uh, Mm -hmm. access to to different content. 
I, to, to me, I always try to look at it and frame it from the standpoint. How can I get that? That I, I call it that, uh, that I have my, like, where a kid has his stuff and go, oh, uh. I never thought about it like that. So it could be, to kind of give you all an idea, it could be yeah. if I'm doing a lesson, let's say about um, Abraham Lincoln, you know, I might mm-hmm. pr- put it or present it from maybe this comic book. Just like, oh, you can read a comic book about Abraham Lincoln. I never did that before. That, like, just mm-hmm. something. And, 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 mm-hmm. I, and I'm throwing some of these nuggets out there for, for your listeners, for some of the educators, because I think sometimes folks kind of get caught up in this like, oh, I'm going to show you this really, really dope, unique picture because it's going <laughs> to embark, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Okay, yeah, like you know, but but so, you, you know, like don't overthink it, folks. Well, listen, don't overthink yeah, it. Sometimes yeah. it's you can be very intentional and in just in the way you do stuff. So I tell folks one of the ways, folks that know me, I'm very intentional. A lot of times, depending on who I'm talking to, I actually will just say, "Yeah, my name's uh, Mr. Woods," or, or just call me Woods. Mm-hmm. I'm very informal like that. A lot of folks know it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. usually it's until people start really getting to know me or they like, if they happen to be in my office looking around, go, oh, you went, oh, you went to Virginia Tech? You went to the University of Georgia? You went to Rap? Like, then they start looking, oh, okay, so you're pretty, what if one, I think, think of one kid, talk, you're a pretty smart guy, huh? I'm like, <laughs> my wife, my wife might disagree with you, Bill, but I like to think so. The superintendent I might think so, you know, hopefully my boss does, but, <laughs> right? But all joking aside, uh, I think it's, it's 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 the way you have to read the room and know like mm-hmm. where can I make that connection with somebody, and then where where can I take them? where is that that level of growth? Yeah. So maybe that growth is mm-hmm. okay. I need to be very intentional about showing students um, female leaders because you know what I'm starting to notice that like every assumption they're making, mm-hmm. they always just keep saying guys, guys, this guy's okay. Well, a woman can be a leader too. Like, mm-hmm. let me let me just show you something. Or mm-hmm. I might realize kids only want to read this one style of text. Let me let me show them some, some other some other forms. Mm-hmm. And I mean, kind of like what you said with I think with your own children, you mm-hmm. do it and you do it in different ways because you never know when it's going to click. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I get, mm-hmm. I get. Mom, I see what you've been doing. I like our teacher. I see what you've been doing. Yeah. So now mm-hmm. and, and like, because you never know sometimes for kids, right? Yeah. I think first of all, was education. You, you don't true. really know. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. kids make the craziest connections. You're like, thank God, I've been teaching you this three weeks yeah. and you got it the last day. But hey, like you got it, right? And I, and yeah. I think it, it's the more you just think about how can I be very intentional to reach every student mm. in different ways. And the more I do that, mm. eventually mm. something's going to connect there and it's going to click. And when it clicks, all the other stuff that seems like it, it, it didn't connect for the kid, that jigsaw puzzle, it's all going to start coming together. And so, you know what? I'm starting to see this big picture. Or I might not see the whole big picture, but mm. I'm, I'm, I'm now halfway down the path and I can follow you. And I think that is to me, the most critical thing that we can do. 
Well, I love that you even use the word like critical because I'm thinking of the idea of just like pattern interrupts and how much that's a part of growth. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like it's like you're, you're intentionally mm-hmm. setting in like these, these even just subtle, you know, not necessarily even in a, uh, someone's face of just like these little things that challenge their assumptions. And even if they don't know it consciously, but like subconsciously, they're starting to pick up on it to the point where like they, are almost placed in a position of having to think more critically about their world, think more critically about their own assumptions, think more critically about like how they function and how they interact with that world. And like, I, I just think that's a, like a really fun way of looking at education as the space where students are getting a lot of these little pattern interrupts. But um, also I think in simplifying what can feel like a really overwhelming idea of like, how do we shift some of these massive assumptions within our world that um, sometimes it is just like those, those little pit, pattern interrupts and doing it with intentionality and trying to vary it up so that every student experiences those when they come to school. And and I'll tell you, Chase, one thing, and I'm going to tell you all this, and I know I'm being recorded, so I know people are going to play this loop back. I'm going to tell you all like my my (laughs) greatest failure, right, when we think about that. So Mm. as a teacher, I felt that I had a pretty good handle on what you were saying, Chase, like Mm. disrupting that, you know, being very intentional, Mm. like realizing, you know what? The kids in my class, these are supposed to be kids that are going to, you know, some will go to college, some will go to trade school, whatever they're going to do, right? Uh-huh. But they can't talk to nobody. Yeah. yeah. Like, they can't speak. They can't mm-hmm. get up in front of someone and say, <laughs> yeah. I need you to stand up, young man or young lady, and tell me about da-da-da-da. They can't do it. Uh-huh. So I remember that was actually something mm-hmm. I built in my class. I'm like, you're going to do your bell ringer. And for your bell ringer, you're going to write the question. And you're going to respond in at least two sentences. And then slowly, so for my former students, they know, slowly by mm. the end of the, the mm. year, we got up to five sentences. Or was it either five or six? I'm trying to remember y'all. It was either five or six, mm-hmm. but you had to write the sentence. Yeah. You had to respond in five to six sentences. And I tell folks yeah. all the time, these were my EL babies. These were also my, my SPED students as well. By the end of the year, everybody mm. wrote their bell ringer, wrote like five or six sentences, response. Well, the other thing I would do, y'all, is I would mm. say, okay, Chase, I need you to stand up, young man, and read read your answer. You'd be like, nah, Woods, I ain't standing up. So I had these Mickey Mouse ears <laughs> that I would put on that I got back in the day when I was little. Don't even remember. So shout out to my mom for taking me to Disney World. And I don't remember all the money you spent. <laughs> but I had the Mickey ears. And I found them at my house. I told y'all I was a weird teacher. And I said, hey, mom, can I take these with me? And she's like, I don't care. They're yours. Cool. So- I started putting them on. I was like, all right, Chase, you, you know, you, if, if you're nervous, you just tell me to put the Mickey ears on. And I'd put the Mickey ears on. And what would happen is, mm. Chase, you'd stand up and read, you know, your answer. And all the kids would laugh at me. And nobody would pay attention mm. really to Chase at the time. Yeah. yeah. But slowly, yeah. and I would never have to tell kids, they started picking. They're like, oh, I see what you're doing. Then the kids are like, hey, yeah. Chase, you want to put the Mickey? No, would you're good. You don't need to put them on. And I think the listeners can pick up on too what started happening. The kids realize, oh, you just having everybody draw attention to you, so I don't feel uncomfortable standing up reading, right? Mm. So I say that to say, like you said, Chase, Mm. that was one of those small disruptors, right? But like I said, my greatest failure Mm -hmm. initially was when I got into leadership. The assumption that I made is that everybody operated the same way as me. When I became a, a building administrator, my assumption mm-hmm. was everyone mm-hmm. did the same thing I did in class. Uh-huh. 
And when you walked into that mm. first classroom, you were yeah. like, oh, dang. And I didn't. And it, it didn't see it. Because I remember saying to somebody, you know, my biggest assumption was for every bad call, quote unquote, I made, I made two good calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would send an email. Yeah. I loved having your child in class day. Let me tell you something amazing they did. I did that. Mm-hmm. I tell folks all the time. I assume yeah. everybody yeah. did that. Yeah. <laughs> I assume, yeah. hey, a kid needs to stay for tutoring. <laughs> You're going to figure it out a day to stay and help. Like, I mean, I'm just telling you, I was super, super naive to that. And then I got into administration and realized, okay, everybody doesn't operate that way for whatever reason. So I need to tell them what they need to do, right? Accountability. I need to like "Mm, hammer it down. Mm. I'm going to document you if you're not going to do it. And if you don't do it, you wear the Mickey Mouse ears all day. (laughs) Your kids can't laugh. But I'm going to tell y'all what I learned. And what I'm still growing and learning is, is like what you said, Chase, that disruptor, getting people to critically think, teachers, principals, Hmm. other administrators, what I've realized is planting those nuggets, almost planting the idea so you think it's your idea. You know, Chase, you told me that. Mm -hmm. I see what you were trying to do. Hey, I I like, I, I see where you were going. Hey, but you know how we, we had that situation with the parent, da da da. Hey, let's let me role play with you. Let's think about these two different options. Think about that. Just just think about it. You know, I got your back. We're gonna talk, we're gonna clean some, but just just think about it. Maybe that's the way we could have gone next time. And that might not have happened. But I see what you were doing. You just think about it and kind of let me know. Hmm. And I and I've learned to slowly do that more and more because it's different. I've picked the phone and said, Chase, this is what you should have done. Right. And I think we all know there are situations, either as a classroom, as an administrator, you have to be very direct with people. But unless it's not something illegal or you're breaking a policy, you really don't have to be that direct. So I tell folks, like, because usually people know, like, I broke the law or I broke a policy. They're calling me. (laughs) Like, I remember being an administrator, like, you have a call from Central Laws. Oh, no. I know what I did there. Dang, got it. And you just know, right? Same way the kid. Ooh, Mr. Milk hearing me cussing down the hall. I already know why he called me to the front, right? But so most of them is if you plant those nuggets and you get people to think, they will disrupt that that the track that they were on. They'll start to think like, you know what? I, I really should have went... Went the opposite way. There, there's another mm-hmm. way I could have spoke to that parent. There's another way I could have interacted with that student. And, I, and I'll be honest, you, it, it it was ironic that because I had a mentor who really encouraged me and would say that to me. He's like, you know, Matt, a lot of those mm-hmm. same things you did in your classroom, you still need to be doing as a leader because they because they still work. You just, you know, he mm-hmm. said, you, you you're just thinking it's, yeah. it's different. And I'll be honest, man, that that is one of the things that's really helped. Yeah. That's fascinating. Even just looking at like how a shift in our role or like what what we expect a role to look like can like almost in like a, a negative way like interrupt some of those patterns yeah. that have been successful, like that we have done really well and that um, do still serve a, a positive purpose within our world. Um, Oh my gosh. Okay. Like this is, we're at the phase of the podcast where I'm like, I have 30 other questions that I want to ask right now. Uh, But given our time, we are going to move into our final section called statements. So what this is going to look like is we're going to give you a couple, maybe two or three statements. And for each statement, we're all going to have an option of strongly agree, agree, disagree, or strongly disagree. 
no middle ground. Gosh. You got to pick a side one way or another. We tend to start off with things that have nothing to do with necessarily education, but uh, might be adjacent. And so etiquette is something that I know is on your heart. Um, and we're going to talk like some, some eating dining <laughs> etiquette. Here's the statements. No elbows on the dinner table. He's really thinking. Because he, he's, <laughs> I'm afraid my wife is going to listen to us. Like, oh, he, oh, y'all, he lying. So <laughs> I'm really thinking like, oh, um, I, I would say, that was a bad. I would, I would d- disagree. Disagree. Do you want to elaborate or do you want to keep it at that? So the, uh, I'm, the I'm going to stick the right with just disagree. <laughs> come at you later. <laughs> I disagree hey, what about too. You? Because I put my elbows on the table all the okay. time. Yeah, same. I, I'm in the disagree camp of like, out, out of the many things that drive me nuts, <laughs> like the elbows on the table is not up there. Chewing with your mouth open, my wife will tell you like, the, oh, I'm working so hard with my seven-year-old. I'm like, oh, just like try to eat like a ninja so I don't even know you're eating right now. <laughs> that I think is, that's is your next way, book, way Try to Eat Like me. a Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> Eat like a ninja. There it is. <laughs> there it is. That's the kids' book I've been looking to write. Eat like a ninja. Okay. Oh, fascinating. I have right. one. Okay. Ming, you guys. It goes back to your roots of being a history teacher. Okay. Every student hmm. needs to memorize the states and their capitals. Memorize their state and capital, or every state. All capital? of them. All of them. All 50 and DC. Disagree. Disagree. Do you want to elaborate? Mm. Uh, I want to hear what Chase says. I want Chase to say it first. I'm in the realm of like strongly disagree. Like it's at the point where I'm like, man, out of all the things we could be spending that time and energy on. And like out of all the types of things that like memorization and having some like rote memory around is like really helpful. Like, I don't know if that's the one. I don't know if that's the one. Ming, what about you? Maybe strongly. We're currently in a social science committee and it's real funny hearing they're like, they have to know these. And I memorized it. So they have to too. I'm like, don't bring that onto the kids. <laughs> I will I will say it's we're really and 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 Chase, both of y'all kind of hit on where I was going with it. We're more into the application stage hmm. in education. And yeah. I remember oh God, not to go off a tangent. I was young enough for the listeners out there showing my age when phones started becoming a big thing. And I know Chase, y'all might remember this. Like when 50 Cent, it cost you 50 <laughs> cents in a text message. So you didn't want to send your, yeah. you know, your significant other bunch of messages because your parents get the bill. Like, oh, you sent $10 worth of text messages. Y'all couldn't write a love note in yeah, between class. Yeah. I remember thinking, like, oh, like I can like Google something, or I can like, you know, once once you could start like getting the internet explorer and all that stuff on there. And I remember as just as a student starting to realize, like, I really don't need to study. Like, I can look Mm -hmm. this up right here. Mm -hmm. Why do I need to memorize this? And I think Mm. now, like y'all are saying, it's starting to, folks are really starting to understand that there's certain things like, do I really need to memorize this? And if I really need to memorize it, what really purpose is it going to serve? Like, I'm not moving to uh, Kansas. 
Right. Love Kansas. Been out there before. So shout out my Kansas folks. <laughs> right. Topeka, See, right? Look, Is it Topeka? About it, right? Oh, wow. That was impressive. Google it. Look, Google we still have to use a Google machine. Okay. <laughs> right, keep, he's, look, so man, look, he, he's playing us. He, what he's really saying is strongly agree. He's like, uh. strongly agree. <laughs> but but, but, yeah, but, but here's where I'm going. Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> you know what? I lost my point now. Chase is like, boom. Sorry. But, but all jokes aside, what I'm saying is like, if you're really not living there or doing something with it, you got love for folks in Kansas and Topeka, but like, I'm not voting. I mean, like, what am I doing about <laughs> yeah. Topeka? Right? I need to pay attention yeah. to like the state I'm in. So yeah. I mean, I think it's those kind of things that, you know, it's it's starting to have folks kind of really kind of question like, is that as significant maybe in the past, like you said, Ming, that we put mm-hmm. significance on compared to now? Mm. All right, last statement. This one is gonna touch a little bit on what we discussed around assumptions. We should always assume best intentions of others. Agree. All right. Ming. Agree. I'm going disagree. Ooh. Is that because of the word assume? Tell me more. Uh, Give me. Ming, I'll let you go first. No, no, no. You go for it, Matt. Well, I, I will say, and, and, and I will you say. You can pass it back to Chase, too. <laughs> I will say um, the reason why I said agree and not strongly agree, because you do have people out there who have bad intentions. Mm. You know, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I tell folks all the time, you have, mm-hmm. you have some bad teachers, bad educators. You have some bad police officers. You have some bad judges. You have some bad uh uh, mailman, I don't know. Like, you, there's just some there, there, there are mm-hmm. folks out there in every profession, and not even just in profession where you're just like, ah, you just, you know, you're just intentionally trying to to do some type of harm, right? But that, mm-hmm. but in my experiences, mm. few and far between, right? The reason why I said agree, Chase, is typically when you when you're able to bring people to the table when we talk about relationships and you're able to talk to them even when you're like man you just really said that like do you know how offensive that was do you know like mm-hmm. how much harm you a lot of times from their perspective they're doing it from a sense of like their understanding or what they appear to be what they appear to be good but sometimes mm-hmm. it's like you're just not being empathetic and you're not taking into account how that's affected somebody else. Hmm. Right. And, and I tell folks, I really, I became hmm. just a better communicator when I had kids, because I tell folks all the time, hmm. I, the job I have, I'm responsible for masses and I have to look out for the masses. But when I'm at home, Hilton and Olivia are the only things that I care about. And I look at things through their lens and I advocate mm-hmm. through their lens. And I tell people all the time, like, no, I am a father first. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm looking at it through them. And, and mm-hmm. I understand now how when, when I deal with people and they say, you know, you don't understand my kid. No, I understand where you're coming from. And I respect that. And I respect even though I might disagree with you, but I'm looking at it from from this. And, and, and my job is to look at it from this. So I, I want to help you so we can yeah. have some kind of common understanding. Love it. Ming, you want to elaborate no, on yours I at all? Your perspective? Took the cake. 
Yeah. Yeah. My, my only hang up is that word intentions. I think that's where I'm like, I can assume uh, opportunities for growth for every human being, but I'm like, some people are just being a dick and their intention was to be a dick. <laughs> that's the cynic inside me. Probably for listeners out there, like uh, what Dr. Woods was saying more than me, um, if you want to succeed in leadership or teaching. <laughs> I love it. Well, Dr. Woods, I, I can't thank you enough for, uh, you know, literally like stepping aside from a meeting um, to be able to hop on this evening and share your insights and your just like heart and your passion for like helping others be at their best. Um, we're going to be sharing all the links to your website, your podcast, um, how sure. to find you on social media. Um, beyond that, is there any final words you want to share with our listeners? No, man. I, I love y'all's show. Thank y'all so much for having me on here. Man, it's Chase, it's always good talking to you, Ming. It's yeah. a pleasure to meet you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Y'all keep up the great work and anything I can do to help y'all, don't hesitate thank to reach you. out. Thank you. This was so fun. Awesome. Well, thank you not only for the work you do, but uh, thank you for who you are. Chase. So when you were saying pattern interrupt, I'm like, that was the exact thing I was thinking too. Is that not crazy? Whoa. It's like our patterns are woven together. Intentional setting pattern interruptions and that cognitive dissonance. And he did it so artful with kids. And I'm wondering how we can do it for adults, like more of those Mm. opportunities. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it was like uh, looking at not necessarily like the planned major pattern interrupts, but like, you know, what some people call those micro moments rather than like the macro structures of like a, you know, necessarily a detailed lesson is like, how am I like even just changing up my communication patterns? Like how am I showing individuals a different side, like a more complex and more um, dynamic or robust side of my character? So that like they're, they're just experiencing it without me having to like mm-hmm. tell them it directly. Kind of that whole like yeah. show, not tell concept um, I th- is really empowering, I yeah. think, for a lot that of people. Cool. I want to know, listeners out there if you're creating some pattern interrupts whether it's with students adults whatever hit us up i want to know more heck yeah and if you're not let's give you a homework assignment dear yes, listener out there dear listeners. Home fun of look for a slight pattern interrupt to your world and it could be in your classroom we're just going to change things up a little bit or i'm going to just use a different example it could be in your personal life of like go a different route uh you know if you normally order your food through an app like what would it look like to actually call up a human being and talk to them um just anything that's helping you see the world is a little bit more complex and a little bit more connected than sometimes our assumptions lead us to believe sweet with that As always, thank you for listening, for engaging with us on social media. Um, Continue to do that. Continue to share, to like, to subscribe, to leave a positive review. Maybe that's your new pattern interrupt of like, you don't normally (laughs) review a podcast. Now is your time. Uh, But we are so thankful for you out there. Happy hour hodgepodge. And with that, we say cheers. Cheers. Cheers.